0: Hello, we're here today with Rich Wilson from Relative Insight. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Um, so first of all, I think it would be really useful if you would give our lovely viewers a bit of background about, about let's start with you before we talk about Relative Insight, if that's <laughs> <Thank> all right.
1: <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I'll talk about me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not normal, as many people <laughs> tell me. Um, and, and my background's not normal, so I, I, I trained as a software engineer at university and I was a developer for many, many years um, during the, the first dot-com boom, so mm-hmm. I saw the rise and the fall and all of that, um, and then I got involved more and more on the commercial side and, and, and found that I really, really enjoyed going out and meeting people um, more than sitting in a darkened room. And Do you and still
0: code in your spare time? A very small amount. Do you like my code? That anymore? is
1: the... <laughs> <laughs> international language oh, for COVID. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I started going out. It, it was actually sales guys at an old, old company I was working as a consultant at and started taking me out to meetings, um, cool. because they realised I was actually I could talk as well as code. <laughs> and um, so I I did a lot of that and 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 got involved in some pretty interesting projects um, uh, and on on purely on the commercial side and 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 just. All of a sudden, found myself doing that a lot more and uh, um, ended up involved in bringing over two American so- software firms over to Europe. Both yeah. were huge successes. Um, uh, so I thought I was a god, had to learn that I wasn't, <laughs> uh, proved that to myself, and, uh, yeah. and then um, I built and sold a uh, options trading technology business. And then, uh, in the words of my other half, I was dicking around with friends for a while, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I already knew um, Ben Hookway, who's our CEO at Relative, and uh, he asked me um, to help out on, on some of the marketing stuff, and I knew, got to know their investors, and then three and a half years later, I'm still here. Yeah. So now I'm CMO at Relative Insight.
0: Very cool. And so Relative Insight, tell us a bit about who, who they are, who you are, what they do.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's a fascinating one because it's the first time actually my friends and family understand what I do for a living. You know, it's all been data businesses, yeah. um, but this one, with it being around language, everyone, everyone gets it, right? Yeah. So um, Relative uh, has this rather unique background in that what we do now is help brands relate to audiences by turning language into data. Um, but the origins of the business are actually in a 10-year research project uh, into criminal linguistics. So this was a collaboration between a couple of government agencies and Lancaster University.
0: Amazing.
1: And yeah, and it's, it's really cool stuff. That we, and we continue to do that. So um, the technology that was originally developed was for use in child protection. So we yeah. still do that. And we've done a bit of um, counterterrorism work, lots of domestic intelligence stuff. All of which we can't talk about. <laughs> so, and,
0: and wasn't there something that, um, about, like, you can tell how old somebody is by the way that they write online? Or yeah. Something like that. Um, or can we not talk about this? Bit?
1: Uh, we can talk about some aspects of it, but <laughs> not all of it. Um, so, essentially, in child protection, one of the many things that we do is we can identify when it's a 12 year old girl talking online or a 50-year-old guy masquerading as a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. And we do this by comparing language at a pretty big scale. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the reason we compare is, it, is it, it's an inherent filtering um, capability that we use all the time in our brains. We've automated that with technology. It's a very, yeah. very, Comparing is a very useful filtering mechanism. So um, we developed this in our brains, not us, but hundreds, 200,000 years ago, we developed this capability to compare, mm-hmm. to kind of filter out noise. So you're doing it right now, although you're probably not aware. Um, you're comparing what I'm saying to what I've said previously to you to um, what other people have said about language. Yeah. Uh, and that enables you to reduce the cognitive load and, and just focus on the stuff that's important. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm saying is, 95% of what I'm saying is useless. <laughs> it's, it's the little differences that are, that are interesting uh, right. and, and sometimes commonality as well. Yeah. And, and it's that comparison piece that we apply with the brands and, it, and it's useful for lots and lots of interesting things.
0: Absolutely. And what would you say is your, has been your sort of favorite example of something that you've done with a business or you know, one of the clients that you work with?
1: It's hard to say because we're, we're continuously doing new things, and yeah. there's not. I, mean, I was discussing with a, a friend this morning. We, we have this inherent problem that language has lots of different applications. So when we go to talk to people about our capability, they yeah. have a hundred different ideas about how they can use it. It's trying to figure out which is going to be most useful for them, and which is actually just a vanity project. You know. Um, um, I think one of the most recent ones has been um, uh, with one of the big brand groups. We've been they've been using us for SWOT analysis. So we, yeah. I mean, I I just it, it hadn't clicked with me, but that's exactly what what we do. So um, there's a lady in India, Yash, um, said to me, um, the great thing about what you do is um, you enable us to do something that we've never really been able to achieve before. So. She explained that she had an inherent problem with the, the brands that she works with. They come to her and say, right, we want to know how people are talking about our dessert brand on, on Twitter. And she yeah. said, that's really boring. And actually, a lot of it is noise. And um, there is some value in it, but it's very limited. It's akin to counting words. And actually, what we want to do as a business is understand strategically what are our strengths and weaknesses versus the competitors. Yeah. And... By virtue of being a comparative process, Relative enables that. So uh, we helped her identify those strengths and weaknesses. And actually it led to uh, her finding two new um, brand activations for them. Which is, I mean, that's gold, right, for a a brand. Especially for an established brand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think that working with language in this way has told you about your own vocabulary? (laughs)
1: Um, so when we we often just as a we don't really use this commercially, but as a kind of party trip, we can take your Twitter feed and uh, we can tell you how old you are and, and we do gender analysis as well, well sort of sex analysis. Mm-hmm. And sex we get almost spot on. Yeah. Um, uh, age within about five years, and y- y- we get lots of other stuff around how people talk and and the, the topics of conversation, the style of language turns out, I didn't know, I thought I was quite a negative person. I'm quite a positive person when you look at my use of language. Um, and that's that, come
0: from what, social profiles and things like uh, that? Social, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so just looking at how I talk on Twitter, I'm, I don't know, I, I guess it's the industry I work in. You have to be a bit of an optimist because yeah. otherwise, you know, it, it's, quite, it's quite tough going. But, um, yeah, I, I'm unexpectedly um, optimistic and I swear a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, right?
1: Well, it turns out there's a, there's, there's a correlation, and, and you have to be careful with correlation in research. It's not causation. Mm-hmm. But um, people, intelligent people tend to swear a lot. So that's my justification. Right? That's brilliant. I will yeah. make it mine from <laughs> here on in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess what a lot of what you're doing is helping businesses to find... Um, do you, Well, do you help them find an authentic tone of voice? Would you work... On that, or are you just assessing the language that they are?
1: It's one part of what we do. Yeah. So, I um, mean, you can sort of split what we do between the, that sort of creative work, understanding a target audience, and, and make, making sure messages resonate better with them. You know, yeah. the, the, the brand relates to their, their audience, um, and that, that's a big part of what we do. But there's a kind of performance marketing as well, so we can help people on. Uh, With media and and targeting by understanding the audience um, and and kind of making sure that that you're you're aiming at the right people. Uh, And that that seems to be uh, an increasingly um, large part of what we do. There's also a kind of strategic thing that happens with language as well. It it kind of transcends that sort of direct messaging input and it, it starts to have an input in in different areas as well, unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, where We've done work for a, a retailer where it, it, it not only impacted how the, the, the kind of subjects that their sales teams talk about, but also the process that they adopt when people walk in the, in the store. If you think about... Um, Uh, For this particular project, we compared how millennials, whatever your definition of in this case it was um, uh, 18 to 29-year-olds, it's quite broad, but if you compare how that group talk about, um, in this case, mobile phones with how people my age and north talk about mobile phones, we're interested in completely different things, right?
0: And what kinds of things? What, what are the differences? So
1: I open a phone manual, uh, a phone box, and wonder where the fucking manual is, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I need support. Uh, whereas um, millennials tend to, I mean, they, they open the box, and they rip it open, they're using the phone straight away. Right. First... Um, I think I might be a millennial. You're a millennial? I
0: might be a millennial then. You are a millennial. Wow. <laughs> I'm yes. a 37-year-old millennial. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, I'm just down with the kids. I,
1: I know that. <laughs> it's your knowledge of their vocabulary. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, they, yeah, they, they, because of that, they're interested in battery life. Yeah. So there's a cross-sell opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, battery pack. Um, uh, they're, they're much more interested in the use of the camera. Yeah. So you talk to them about the camera, whereas, you know, if I walk in the store, talk to me about my family and where I'm going to get help from. Yeah. You know, that's a very simple game. That's very different. And that's very strategic.
0: And actually, there was a lovely example of language where, that, that I saw on some of the stuff that I saw about your, about Relative Insight Online, hmm. which was uh, the, the phrase shot by shot on an iPhone or yeah, shot yeah, by yeah. An iPhone and shot. In the, the, do you want to talk to us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, well, it actually, I mean, um, Apple use it infamously on their billboards. Yeah. Now, but it actually came from our research for Microsoft Mobile yeah. before then. Um, so they uh, dun
0: dun dun. <laughs> World first, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so um, they so Microsoft Mobile were launching a new camera phone, and it had this amazing camera on it. Yeah. And as a result of that, they were aiming it at digital SLR enthusiasts, a so fairly expensive camera enthusiasts, mm-hmm. amateur photographers basically. So, um, the, and they created a campaign around this, and guy we bumped into an event, um, he explained that he owned one of these cameras, was looking at the campaign and thinking, well, this language doesn't resonate with me. But, you know, he tried to explain this and was told politely that campaign team, had, uh, they'd worked very hard on the content, you Yeah, know, a lot of politics at play here and um, vested interest. And it was all happening. So he he said to us, look, if you can provide me evidence to back up my anecdote, then that's a huge thing, and and that's exactly what we did. We we scooped up language from uh, a couple of specialist forums where these people were talking about photography and compared it to how so-called regular consumers, you and I, were talking about cameras and and photography, and and he was absolutely right. And we did this amazing thing where it happens quite a lot, I guess, but produced a 60 page report that no one actually read you know they read the abstract at the beginning and it had uh, maybe a dozen pieces of insight and number one was they don't so in the campaign um content they were talking about taking great photos with this amazing device i'm kind of paraphrasing but it was taking photos yeah and um and they don't use that that language they talk about shooting images and yeah. they're kind of they assumed that you're not part of their tribe yeah. and therefore they you switch off, the that's it. Yeah, yeah, so the content was getting it wrong but they didn't even know that and the, the key thing about it is it's, it's, it's an unknown unknown. Yeah. So Donald Rumsfeld infamously talked about this and, um, during the Iraq war um, and he used very clumsy language at the time but he was, he was right. So there's this thing about not knowing what to search for just yeah. an unknown unknowns we know that there may be a problem but we don't know where it is no. or what it might be um, and that's exactly what we find mm-hmm. we um, we think of ourselves as kind of a, a discovery engine as opposed to a search engine you know you don't have to know what you're searching for we just bubble it up and um, and, uh, and of course it caused an absolute shitstorm at, <laughs> at Nokia and and but they changed the language and ultimately that was a huge success yeah. and, and Apple stole it
0: and now it's everywhere on yeah. the underground network yeah <laughs> yeah so so looking at language in the h r arena specifically um can you give us any examples of the sorts of different clients that you've supported with their language around people around their people
1: um, well, it's all about people i wouldn't, so one of the things we're very careful not to do is kind of you know say we're about a particular industry yeah. it'd be very easy for us to I don't know, focusing on retail for example or telcos, we've done lots of work in those areas but we find that a lot of the um, the, the things we uncover are applicable across the board and, and that is definitely the case with HR. I mm-hmm. think it strikes me that you're selling to people just as much as they're selling to All you All the time, now. yeah. Um, so it's the same rules of, of selling apply which, you know, Ogilvy infamously said, you need to speak in their language and, mm-hmm. and that's and that, and that applies here.
0: Yeah. And so looking specifically at, um, you know, at something that, that's very close to our hearts at Shazam at this point, mine certainly, is looking at the level of di- diversity that we have within the organization mm. um, and the ways that we can make sure that we, facil- we, faci- we maximize that, right? Yeah. So, um, looking at things like, um, you know, job descriptions um, and the way that they're written and whether there are any biases there, is that something that you guys have done any particular kind of research into? Yeah, we've,
1: we've, got, um, we've got a lot of understanding of um, the impact of, of, of gender in, in, in particular from work we've done in all kinds of areas, um, uh, politics and, and the brand stuff as well. Politics is really interesting because, yeah. especially in this country, there's historically always been a push to appeal to men yeah and and that's a safe space for politicians for even female politicians um, but there are um, approaches you can take to language that appeal to women now MPs will tell you that they're, they're quite almost afraid of doing that because they would lose their safe space their men yeah um, so you know it might jeopardize things but actually the research shows that appealing to, by p- appealing to women you appeal to men as well mm-hmm. um and and everyone in between in fact if you um and and i think this is this idea of gender being a spectrum has become an increasing part of what we do so it's For it's sure. not binary. you know there is no binary distinction yeah there is in sex obviously but not in in gender and and pe- there are shades of gray and and you need to make sure you appeal to everyone in the, in the, in the language that you, you use, mm-hmm. you know, particularly in recruitment. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a hugely important part.
0: And so, so you're actually saying then that, that if you're writing something more for a female audience, let's say female audience, well, the, that, that, that it wouldn't put off, you know, for children. Yeah, if you, if
1: you take um, the female audience as, as, as purely an audience and ignore the, the gender-specific nature of it, um, there are characteristics that resonate with that particular audience, yeah um, that we found in our in our research, and that that 's how we identify sexing language as well um, but um, they they apply they, it turns out if you start to reflect those they they appeal to men just as much as women so the obvious one is the use of pronouns, which is generally considered a, a feminine characteristic mm-hmm. turns out it's also an inclusive characteristic right. and, and people respond better to the inclusive nature of the use of pronouns mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh, one of many I
0: think yeah and do you think therefore that something like language which of course is everywhere and in everything yeah. we do as organizations and as humans do you think that that can really move the needle on something like the diversity issue for an organization
1: yeah, hugely so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been really interesting to watch what's going on with, actually with pronoun use. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it, it's an evolving thing right now, but um, there is an argument to say that we, would, we should be using non-binary um, pronouns, so um, when we're addressing people. Uh, HSBC are uh, sort of leading the way in this in uh, the forms that they're using now so there are lots of different options yeah. you can put to, uh, you can be addressed as mix rather than miss or, or mister or miss or, or you can use whatever you want basically. and that's
0: internally and externally they're, they're externally
1: Externally. Yeah. They're, I, don't, I, I guess they're reflecting it internally
0: yeah, you would think yeah. so
1: yeah, yeah, and it, it, we're starting to see it in the media as well as um there's a program called Billions on Sky. You may mm-hmm. have heard no. of. And there's a character in that, um, uh, Taylor. Who, I, I started watching the program because it's about financial markets and I'm interested in that. And all of a sudden, this character appears, Taylor, and she doesn't identify. See, I'm making a mistake straight away. Yeah. They don't identify as yeah. male or female, so they pro- and, and they announce themselves as my pronouns are they, them, and their. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And, it, and it's an interesting, it's slightly discordant because you're not used to it, but yeah. um, it's inclusive to start using absolutely. pronouns like that. Uh, it affects everyone. and mm-hmm. um, I, I've talked to people before about this, and some people see it as kind of political correctness gone mad. You know, we're trying to be inclusive to everyone. Where does it end? It's yeah. not politically correct. It's just being nice, actually.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But I can, I can see that it would involve a huge amount of, a massive step change for everyone to try to incorporate that yeah within their language within their own language let alone yeah. within that. i mean i just made the mistake right exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's, it's tricky but maybe we'll get there maybe it'll be in our lifetimes i don't know
1: i think it's already happening yeah it, yeah we're, we're definitely gonna get there
0: yeah very cool and so tell us a bit more going back to you a little bit more where do you do your learning
1: so one, I think one of the reasons why I do what I do is because I get to meet lots of lovely, interesting people like you, um, and and with the brands and, and the agencies and uh, uh, and everyone that I, you know is uh, I I went from a position where I'd be, you know, in a darkened room developing coding, coding yes, <laughs> <laughs> to um, to meeting new people every day and yeah. and, and that's that's where I will and and particularly with my job because I'm I'm a data person Mm -hmm. and I come from a strong technology I'm very logically minded and I meet people every day that challenge that they kind of say well what about this you Mm -hmm. know they're they're very sort of creative thinkers so I love I love that aspect to what I do and, and and getting their perspective it's a bit like I treat meeting people as like reading a book. It's like,
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: you're playing a, a video game and you get a power up for some reason. Mm-hmm. And um, reading a book's like that, it's like a power up for your mind. Isn't it? Yeah. Like meeting people for me is the same thing. You're kind of getting their thoughts on the world and their particular perspective. And I, and I like to be challenged.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true, and I think people often say that to me because I interview people all day. They're like, isn't that, <laughs> isn't that boring? I'm like, no. well, you could see it like that, yeah. or you could see it as an opportunity to learn. Yeah. You know, and yes, sure, I'm there assessing whether this person's going to be the right fit for Shazam. Yeah. Sure, that's ultimately what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm learning so much on a global level about yeah. what's going on in people's lives and people's businesses all of the time. Yeah. I'm like the nosiest person on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Me
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and who who would you say impresses you the most in the professional arena right now? So who would you like to see us talk to, for example, next?
1: So th- th- there's um, a, a few standout people. I, I get to meet lots of really interesting people, like famous and not so famous. Like yeah. I think the the people who don't realise. Um, how influential they are, the, are the most interesting. And they're, you, they're, they're quite rare, though. You know, yeah. um, and But there are some people who know they're interested. So um, I met a chap called Scott Galloway last year. I, we were at Cannes Lions, mm-hmm. and we were on the RGA
0: The training. infamous Cannes Lions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hear, as an aside, I hear stories upon stories about Cannes Lions. I'm yet to go. No. I haven't been, but... It sounds it, exciting. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um,
1: you get... Um, <laughs> so, last year, met Mark Ronson, went to his house party, meet Alicia Dixon. Um And And, <laughs> you know, they're interesting people, but it, you know, some of the agency people are far more interesting. So, Scott Galloway is one, and he, but he's kind of famous. He, he built a firm um, called L2, mm-hmm. and he's possibly the most British American I know. He has a very sort of dry sense of humor, and he... Um, he, the L2 is a research firm, and he's yeah. very good at distilling his research, and they produce a lot of video content, so you can go onto Facebook and YouTube and watch his videos and see how dry his humor, and um, mm-hmm. British his humor is. Um, um, so he, he's someone that I would recommend interviewing. Um, in the UK, there's, um, there's a lady called Emily Shaw, who I first met a couple of years ago. Um, she was working for Geometry, the WPP agency. She's just moved. Um, to an agency called Freeman's XP, but um, she's head of strategy there, and she's one of these people that doesn't know um, uh, how influential she is, but but she's a very creative thinker, and she she has become a good friend as well, and and challenges me a lot on my logical thinking.
0: On lots of stuff. Yeah. And are you a podcast person? Do you have a favourite?
1: I don't... There's A16Z... The ben Horowitz, mm-hmm. the, the VC, his, his thing, uh, and Anderson, Mark Anderson. Um, I don't really listen to, I listen yeah. to a lot of music. Yeah,
0: Yeah. me too, me too. Yeah. My trouble with listening to podcasts and things like that is that I might start thinking about something and then I don't know what I've missed. Same with audio. I, I lose my train of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm much better with a book where I can see where, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I can look back and go, hmm, yeah. i missed that bit. Yeah. I, um, I find
1: myself constantly rewinding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's your favorite thing to do in the morning?
1: <laughs> it, so I have this weird thing. I hate running. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and <laughs> but so it's not running? What, but it is running.
0: <laughs> but it,
1: it's running. So I have an eight-year-old son. I mean, have yeah. discovered that actually going running with him in the morning is just amazing because he, he's, he jabbers at me and he tells me, anything and everything about what's going on in his life and it's whilst running well yeah incredibly i'm exhausted falling apart (laughs) he's telling me about new pokemon power ups he's like come on dad yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, literally but it's one of those things that yeah i hate running but i love running with him
0: yeah Yeah. well that's pretty sweet And it
1: sort of keeps me fit
0: yeah a little bit a little bit (laughs) well look thank you so much for speaking with me today it's been a real pleasure and uh well i hope to i hope we see lots more of you everywhere (laughs) Absolutely. Me too. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having me.